0: what's up what's up what's up hello everybody welcome back to another episode of winner circle i of course am your host anthony Wynn it is good to be talking to you guys again on time this week um a lot of stuff has happened in the new york sports world specifically so we can get right into it you know we got the jets with their biggest win and i don't know what what year is it 2022 shit 12 years So probably their biggest win since they beat the pats in the playoffs yeah that's a while ago you know they going into the vibe feeling good they they beat the bills stun everybody it's cra- I, I i'll be the first to tell you i'm sh- i was shocked by it i was shocked by it i i was i killed the jets before that game but they get the win man that's crazy um giants have some they definitely had an eventful bye week, to say the least, with Xavier McKinney getting hurt, and he's going to be out for a, a significant period of time, it sounds like. Uh, but they get ready to play Houston at home coming out of the bye. you got free agency starting in baseball. Um, what's going to happen with the DeGrom and Judge? You know, I'm going to get into all of that. And the Knicks might be the most inferior inferior... I can't even talk. Frustrating. I'm just going to say frustrating. Frustrating team in the league. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm biased on that because I'm a Knicks fan, but it's just, they're super hard to watch sometimes, man. It just bothers me to no end, and I'll get into them, but um, yeah, good to be back. Uh, I'm I'm hoping and praying this weather um that we're supposed to be getting here, although the sun is peeking through the blinds right now, so it looks okay right now, but I'm hoping the weather, you know, holds up. We have a tornado warning till 3 p.m., and apparently it's a severe warning, and with the weather in North Carolina, you never know. It could be sunny for an hour, and then in 30 seconds, it'll turn to darkness and rain and wind and just craziness. Apparently there's a tropical storm or something like that, so hopefully while I'm recording, everything stays kosher, and we're not Going all over the place, and hopefully we don't lose any power. I haven't had that happen in a long time here, so hopefully we're good. But there is a severe tornado warning till three p.m. and yeah, so we're gonna just go through it though. So the Giants, um, the Giants had, like I said, an eventful bye week. Um, it's a little frustrating, although I don't take the tack well. Uh, Well, just to give you the background, Xavier McKinney, um, you know, players during bye weeks, you know, they take some time off, they take vacations, spend time with their family, things like that, you know, things like that happen during the bye week, you have the week off, it's what happens, and then you come back and you practice the week prior to the game like you normally would, but, um, he went to Cabo, I believe it was, and he did one of those ATV, um, like sightseeing tours, so he says. I mean I believe him. I mean why wouldn't I believe him? He says he's doing a sightseeing tour and I you know, I'm not gonna kill the guy. I'm I'm taking a cruise in July and I that's one of the things I wanna do. So shit. Go do the sightseeing tour. You're on vacation, do what you gotta do. Now he was on the A T V and apparently something happened to where um I don't know, the the Flipped or something landed like he he went sideways something happened to where he got into a situation where he broke his hand and um, You know I Can't say I'm not disappointed because he's your play caller on defense That's he's like the only safety in the league that actually does that which tells you something and Now you're gonna lose him there's a reason why he's a captain. He's he's a he's very good player. He's one of your better defensive players, and uh, now you lose him for at least what they're saying is four weeks, possibly the rest of the season, which would not be good. I don't know. You know, I hear, I've heard a lot of people talk this week on how like like um like it's dumb to be putting yourself in that type of situation when you know you're in the middle of a season and. You know, shit like that. And I, I kind of I, – I understand that tact. You know what I mean? I understand that side of it because, yeah, you're getting paid a lot of money to, you know, call the plays on defense. Like, obviously, the defensive coordinator calls the plays, but he's the one that communicates them to the team out in the huddle. Like, he's the one with the headset in his helmet on defense. Like, he, he's a very – integral part of your defense and by and like I said before one of your better defensive players to begin with um so yeah do you want you you know your captain on defense to take and go on an ATV and who knows if he was driving recklessly whether or not he was driving I mean I do have a you know he did kind of start to get annoyed with the media after he got asked about it so many times because he was t- saying, like, you know, he, he just kept repeating his answer, talking about how it was a sightseeing tour, because everybody was asking if he was driving, if he wasn't driving. I mean, like, what, what the fuck? I mean, what does it matter? I mean, the guy, you know, it, he broke his hand on a sightseeing tour, whatever it was, maybe it wasn't, who fucking cares? He, you know, yeah, should he have put himself in that situation? Probably not, probably not. But you hear all these ex-players, you know, Steve Young was on the K show the other day talking about how he used to do heli skiing which for those of you who don't know what that is you get in a fucking helicopter and go to the top of a mountain jump out the helicopter and ski down the mountain you think you think like that's safe now Steve Young is comfortable with doing that cuz he skied his whole life but like you think the 49ers wanted to hear about Steve Young going heli skiing no they definitely did So, I get that. But, you, you know, they're going to live their lives, man. He was on vacation. I can't kill the guy for being on vacation. You know what I mean? And he did a tour. Like, like I said, I want to go... That's one of the things I want to go do when I go take this vacation in July, is that exact excursion, that exact thing. So, you know... Sometimes shit happens. You can't be reckless. If he was reckless, then shit, that is pretty stupid. You got to know the situation you're in. But at the end of the day, whether he was reckless or wasn't reckless, he broke his hand and now he's out for four weeks. So, yeah, it's disappointing. But, you know, for everybody talking about, like, how stupid this was, and I'm not going to say it was smart, but the dude was, he was he was on vacation. I mean, who, I'm not killing him for that. I'm not going to kill him for that. Shit happens. I'm upset that he's not going to be in the lineup, really. I mean, that's that's shitty for the Giants' defense. It's not good. But, you know, that happens. You're still on your bye week. So, you know, it, it. like I said, it's not great for your defense. But at the end of the day, you've had now two weeks to prepare for a Houston team that has one win. All right? And Davis Mills continuously makes mistakes. You know, always like he... He plays well, and then he just makes the bonehead decisions. Like, every game. It seems to happen every game. So, you can almost bet on something like that happening. I don't know. I don't... I feel like there's a lot of negativity coming out of the... Like, after the Giants, towards the Giants, whatever you want to call it. And, you know... I don't, I don't see why. You're still 6-2. and two. You're, You got two winna- very winnable games, if not games that you should win... Regardless, because, like I said, you got a one-win Houston team coming to MetLife. Yeah, you're home for both these games. And then you got a Detroit team coming to MetLife. I mean, I, I know Detroit just beat Green Bay, but everybody's fucking beating Green Bay. Okay? And Detroit didn't look very good against Green Bay. Just Green Bay looked worse. That's all that was. And, I don't know. I'd be a little frustrated if they weren't 8-2, and two, but at le- at the very least 7 and 3. You need to win one of these games. And I think it's I think you have to win the Houston game, if I'm being honest, cuz if you lose the Houston game, I don't know. I think my thought process goes somewhere completely different with this team if they lose against Houston. I mean, you could sit here all day and tell me, "Yeah, Houston fights and blah blah blah, yada yada yada." They're one of the most defu- dysfunctional franchises. They they definitely I mean, they were about to hire um the hell's his name? Is it Josh McCown? I think it's Josh McCown. They're about to hire him with zero coaching experience. Um well I guess the Colts just did that with Jeff Saturday, but that's an interim basis. I mean, if we're really being realistic, he's not gonna be back as head coach. Come on. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of a joke on on what Indy's doing right now. You got Ellinger starting as quarterback and Rex Ryan came out and said, like, that dude doesn't deserve to be a starting quarterback, yada. You know, and now you hire Jeff Saturday, who was just doing segments on Get Up on ESPN on Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little weird. But, hey, well, who knows, right? He was a, he was a forever Colt. He played with Green Bay for, like, two years, and that was it. But for the rest of that time, he was a Colt. Let's see what happens with that. But back to my point about Houston, I mean, Lovey Smith's not going to be there forever. And I was actually watching a mic'd up um Video for from Week Nine, and they had Lovey Smith mic'd up last week. Excuse me, I gotta take a drink. Sorry, throat gets very dry again, very quickly. It's a little annoying, but anyway, um, I heard they had Lovey Smith mic'd up for last week's game, and they loss lost against Philly, and um, he just, you know. He's a cool dude. He's a nice guy. Seems like a nice guy. Not very demonstrative, you know. Older dude, cool, cool dude. I don't know. Doesn't seem to. I feel like he's not a guy that that's gonna galvanize the group. You know what I'm saying? Either way, he's not gonna be there forever. I mean, they kind of, you know, they're just doing the same thing they did with Cutcliffe, and you know, it, it's they're dysfunctional, man. So you know, and they also have one win, and they tied against the Colts. <laughs> and that's not great, and so, I don't know, I think regardless of what the situation is with McKinney or anything like that, I think the Giants should, I'd like to see them win a game easy, I doubt that's gonna happen, let's just, like like I said, the Houston Texans do fight, and they play, you know, they fight, they play alright, but the mistake will eventually be made, and... The Giants just have to capitalize on that, and so far this year, the defense has been able to do that. I mean, they only have one interception, but they've forced like 11 fumbles or something crazy like that. So, you know, I like I said, by the way, Houston has the worst run defense in the league. They give up 180 yards rushing per game. That's, 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 there you go, Saquon. Have a day. Just give the ball to him. Your defense should be able to hold against against that Houston offense. I'd like to see the pass rush get a little bit better. Um but like I said, man, you're not 7 and 3 a- after these two. I'm 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 pretty frustrated. <laughs> I'm pretty frustrated. You got to be 7 and 3 going into that Dallas game. You got to be 7 and 3 going into that Dallas game. You just have to be. You got to win one of these games. You should win both, but you got to win one. Um ah, I should have brought this up earlier, but I think you know, Odell sitting there, I know OBJ talking about on complex some podcast talking about like he's trying to find whatever place he goes to next, he's trying to find essentially a home. Like he just doesn't he's tired of living out of the suitcases, you know. He did the rock star life, all that fun stuff. Giants should do whatever they need to do to go get him. That's my personal opinion. Are they going to do that? I think they'll do their due diligence, but it depends on what he wants and what he's asking for. And you got to remember, Giants fans, they don't have the money to be doing shit this year. So if they do come to an agreement with Odell, it's going to be deferred money. It's going to be whatever. Whatever. He's not going to be making anything this year. Not that he should make anything this year because he's only going to play you know, a quarter of the season. But I think they should do whatever... They need to do to try and get him. Now if they can't get him. They can't get him. Because Buffalo is going to be hot for him. Um, Green Bay. I doubt Green Bay is going to go for him. With how they look now. Um, I doubt he'll go back to the Rams. Uh, Dallas. Unfortunately. Dallas makes the most sense. And they can get him. And he talked about them. He mentioned them in that podcast. He mentioned the Giants too. At the end of the day, he doesn't really care where he's at. I mean, he does care because all these teams that are calling really are contenders. Not saying the Giants are a contender, but they are 6-2. and two. You can't just wipe that away. <clears throat> and uh, it makes sense to go there too because now it looks like Daniel Jones is going to be there um, at least next year for sure. I mean, d- don't you think they're going to sign him? They should, I think. You know, it was very I was uh, what I needed to see from Daniel Jones, and it's weird to say because I haven't seen either one. And I said at the beginning of the season that Daniel Jones had to uh had to either be great and elevate this team to a different level or he had to suck so bad that you would get a high draft pick. And either way you get your answer on the quarterback, right? Like the thing is he hasn't sucked. That's for damn sure. He definitely hasn't sucked, and not every game, but there's been a few games where he's made the plays to win the game, and he hasn't played like out of this world crazy great. But considering what he has, um, has to deal with with that receiving core, and I'm sorry, the Giants have the worst receiving core in the league. You can't tell me they don't. Who has a worst receiving core? You're going to tell me the Packers? I'll take Alan Lazard in a hot second. <laughs> I would take Alan Lazard in a hot second right now. With Dude, the Giants' leading receiver is Richie James, who might not even be on the roster anymore. I don't know if he is. I haven't heard anything about that because the last game, he fumbles twice on punt returns and essentially loses them the game. So, like I said, like this receiving core is nothing. And thank God you finally have a healthy Saquon Barkley, because you can tell he makes a difference. Like he's 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 up there with Christian McCaffrey as far as like a difference maker for a team, which is why I think they need to re-sign him as well. But we'll get in. You know, it's not time for any of that. We're still in the middle of the season. We need to see what happens here. Um, I think Daniel Jones has shown you through the first half of the year that he deserves another contract too. And like I you know again, the schedule is set up for you, so you need to you need to figure it out here, like, please, seven and three going into Dallas, that's all I'm at. I feel like that's not asking too much with the competition that you're facing this week. You need to beat Houston. I'm sorry if you <laughs> I know I'm all over the place, guys, but like I keep going back to it, like you need to beat this Houston Texans team, you're better than them, you're better. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And again, they should do whatever they can to get Odell. I doubt it'll happen though. Unfortunately, he's gonna go to Dallas, I think. But um Yeah, man. So please, at least seven and three. I know I've said it like ten thousand times already, just seven and three. That's all I gotta say. Alright. On to the Jets who shocked the fucking world. They shocked the world. They shocked me. I know that. I was not expecting that shit at all, man. And they—they they didn't just beat the Bills. They—they they made them. They made them look. They made them look mediocre. Like they made that Bills offense look mediocre. Stephon Diggs didn't have a fucking catch in the second half. Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner is playing like an all pro already. He's not a rookie. Fuck that. Fuck a rookie. That dude's playing like an all pro already. It's 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 really fun to watch. Honestly, it's fun to watch him play football. It is because he looks like a ten year old. he look 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 at him with his helmet off, he looks ten, but he balls, man. He's playing like he's like a vet. Normally, it takes a couple years for these corners to kind of settle in, and it does it. It hasn't taken him long at all. He looks great. And your front four is great. So when you have probably two shutdown corners, because you have DJ Reed as well, so you have two shutdown corners, and you can rush the passer with four, which means (laughs) you could double Diggs, and you could double Davis, and put a linebacker on the tight end, and you're getting pressure to the quarterback. So, yo, man, you could shut teams down. Um... And guess what? Zach Wilson didn't make mistakes on offense. That's all you need that motherfucker to do if the defense is going to play the way they played. I mean, let's be real. I mean, he learned from his mistakes last week, last week, clearly. Clearly. I mean, it was a completely different game. He played great because he just did exactly what he needed them to do. Needed him to do. He did exactly what they needed him to do and you have a running game, I don't know why you decided, like, that's the thing, I feel like the noise going into that Patriots game about Zach Wilson needing to show, like, he belongs in the league or whatever, I think games like he had against Buffalo shows he belongs in the league. Because, yeah, all right, a lot of that talk going up to that game, like, I think he wanted, I think he went out there and wanted to, like, prove, like, like I, just because of how everybody was talking up to that game. I know I said it three times just now, but like, it's a big deal, especially for a second-year quarterback who there's a lot of questions about still. Not everyone is sold. You had people calling after that Patriots game talking about how he's not the guy, how Justin Fields is the best quarterback from that draft class, forgetting that Trevor Lawrence you know, was a part of that draft class. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence has played well this year. That team just needs to put a full game together in Jacksonville. But either way, Zach Wilson didn't make the mistakes against Buffalo that he made against New England. And um, can everybody agree that Buffalo is way fucking better than New England? I think we can. So with that being said, the Jets are going into the bye week, right? And they got... The Patriots at New England after the bye week. Please. You should go up there and smoke them. That's how I feel about it. I've completely changed my view on the Jets. And I know this is kind of Monday morning quarterback on a a Friday. And it's really only because they have the bye week this week. I can't really preview anything. Nothing's really happened. I haven't heard much news coming out from there. So there's nothing really going on. With what I saw against Buffalo, you can't tell me that you shouldn't go up to New England and beat New England. I don't care what they did to you the first game. You could argue that the Jets lost that first game to the Patriots because of the self-inflicted wounds. It's not that New England played like 10 times better than the Jets did. The Jets just played horrible football. And most of that is on Zach Wilson's uh, shoulders, yes, but... I mean, still, (laughs) they should go out there and destroy New England, really. But, I mean, back to the game against the Bills, though, like, you got pressure on Josh Allen, you made him uncomfortable, you shut down their best, their two best threats, receiving wise, and if you'd really do that, they don't have a running game at all, I mean, man, I don't know, man. That Jets defense is really, really good, and it's it's such a far cry from Week Two against Cleveland. Yeah, you won again. You won that game against Cleveland, and and your defense the first two weeks of the season looked horrendous. I mean, they just looked bad, and then all of a sudden now they just flipped a switch. They flipped a switch. <laughs> They're playing amazing defense. You got. Like I said, you have two lockdown corners. You just got him. Sauce Gardner's a stud. Quentin Williams again just proves why he should be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. That's the rotations that solid. Use like everybody on that team can rush the passer. It's crazy. C.J. Mosley, you know Quan Alexander. You you got you that defense is good, man. Oh man. It's and I know it's weird to sound it to hear me a Giants fan talk so glowingly about the Jets, but I you still got to see Zach do it 2 weeks in a row. I don't think I don't think like that's out of the you know, question yet. Like he still needs to prove to me, especially against the Patriots. I mean, you gotta beat them. They beat you 13 straight times, and I've said it before. I said it the last episode. Bill Belichick wakes up for the for the Jets. He just does. He just wakes up for the Jets. He's gonna he's gonna be prepared. He's gonna have his team prepared for that game. It's just gonna happen. He hates the Jets, and Zach Wilson needs to play like he played against Buffalo. You have the playmakers. Michael Carter is a great running back. I mean, you miss Brees Hall, but James Robinson is no slouch. He got a touchdown off the screen. 25 attempts. The balanced offense. 25, 25 to 30 throws for Zach Wilson is all you need. You don't need Zach Wilson throwing 40-plus times. It's not going to happen. You're just not going to win that game if that happens. So, um, just stick with the run game. And... Throw the little rinky-dink throws that Zach is finally learning how to do. He needs to learn all that shit before he starts going all over the place again. But I just don't want him to go nuts against New England like he did the last game because you see what happens. He just throws them. I still can't believe he tried throwing one of those balls out, and it got picked off. The one to McCourty. Yeah, The one to McCourty, you know, I tried to throw that one out of bounds. How do you try to throw it out of bounds and not throw it out of bounds? I don't understand that. Throw it in the stands. Like, fuck me, man. I'm sorry. I know I'm backtracking. But, nah, man. You just beat what everybody thinks that is the best team in football. God damn it. Sorry about that. I keep forgetting to put the phone on silent when I start this. <clears throat> you just beat what everybody feels, and I feel still. Well, we'll see what happens now because Josh Allen actually was injured during that game on the like the second to last or third to, third to last play. He uh, he messed his elbow up, and they're they're you know, it seems it looks like he's gonna try to play through it, but I highly doubt they're gonna have him throw the ball a million times. They might just stick with him in the run game because he's the, also a best runner. But um, you know, you got a chance. The Jets have some cha- have a chance here to make some fucking noise. Like depending on Josh out, like the severity of that injury, whether he plays or not, he's going to be compromised. I mean, I don't know if you saw that play at the end of the game where, you know, he he gets he gets sacked, the ball stripped from his hand as he's going back to throw, and like the way his like hand came, like he went to the follow through, and it like it looked like an like elastic band, it just went boom, like his. He's holding his elbow. I know that was probably a horrible description. Go look at the damn highlight. Like, don't... don't just go look at it. It's not hard to find. Anyway, immediately holding his elbow, like, clenching his fists. Probably had some nerve problems for sure. Um, and normally, you know, holding your elbow like that, that's a UCL. And that's what it was reported to be. You know, the play right after that, he stays in and he throws like a duck... Like just straight to the ground, went straight for the elbow. Like definitely was hurting, was hurting him. And then the final play, he throws a dart for se- like seventy yards to Gabe Davis, which was a beautiful throw. It's just great defense by Sauce Gardner. Got knocked away, and that ended the game. But it was a beautiful throw, seventy yards downfield, with a fucked up elbow. So, you know, as of right now, it seems like. I think they should sit him at least one game just to kind of just give him the rest just just so he doesn't like screw it up even more but they I mean if you sit him the Jets and the Miami Dolphins excuse me Josh Allen misses any time, I think the Dolphins would win the division and I think the Jets have a very good opportunity to win the division it depends on what they do against Miami in that second game. That's actually week 18 now that I'm thinking about it. I imagine, oh my god, imagine week 18 coming down like the Jets and Dolphins are tied, and whoever wins that game wins the division. Imagine they tied, oh my god, <laughs> oh man, that'd be the jetsiest thing ever. But I think it's possible, I think it's possible, especially if Josh Allen misses time. But even if you know, not now that I'm thinking about it. It's possible even if Josh Allen doesn't miss time because you're kind of right there with them. You're 6-3, and, and you should beat New England. I'm going to say it again. You should beat New England. What do you have after New England? Hold on. I'm going to look that up real quick, really quick. Sorry. Uh, let's find the Jets, the Jets, the Jets. So you got New England. Then you got the Bears at home. That should be a win. Then you go to, then you go to Minnesota. All right, that... That's a tough game. Then you got the Bills in Buffalo. I think that's week 13. If Josh Allen is playing that game, that's a tough game as well. Um, but then you got the Lions at home. You got the Jaguars at home. Then you go to Seattle. You're not going to win that game. And I'm not just saying that because um, the Giants just lost at Seattle. That I'm just saying that because that home field for Seattle's no joke, and that team is actually pretty fucking good, man. And then you're at Miami for week 18. Oh, yeah. So let's see. You should beat the Patriots. That puts you at 7-3. We're going to play this win-loss, win-win-loss game. You beat the Patriots. That puts you 7-3. and three. You beat the Bears. That puts you 8-3. and three. The Vikings at the Vikings, a 1 o'clock game. Kirk Cousins actually shows up in those games. I don't know. All right. So 8-4, and four, lose to the Bills, 8-5. and five. You beat Detroit at home. Nine and five. 10 and five beat the Jaguars. That's a Thursday night game too. at home. I think you win that game. 10 and five. 10 and six against Seattle. Imagine you and Miami, 10 and six week 18 for a spot in the playoffs. Woo. I could see that. regardless of what the bills do. I could see it coming down to one to that game. I really could. Whether it's a wild card spot or the division. Ooh, that's spicy. (laughs) But I see the... I think the Jets can make the run, man. And I would... I'd like to see both New York teams in the playoffs this year. And I think it could happen. I think it could happen. All right. Let's see here. All right. I'm going to talk a little baseball free agency. It just started. Um... The Mets and the Yankees both have decisions they need to make, and they need to make them relatively quickly. Or I would prefer them to make them relatively quickly. I can't imagine how quickly they can make them, but considering other teams like putting their bids in for you know, the free agents, and, uh, you know, full disclosure, long story short, you don't know by now, Judge is a free agent, and Jacob deGrom is a free agent, and... The San Francisco Giants, you know, a few weeks ago already came out and said they're not going to be outbid for judge. Doesn't matter what the money is. Um, they're not worried about that. So, really, what that means is is they're putting pressure on all these other teams, which, mind you, it's really just... It's kind of a race between the Giants and uh, the Yankees at this point. I don't think there's really any other suitors there. I'm not saying... Apparently, the Mets owner came out and said he has a gentleman's agreement with Hal Steinbrenner to not go after Judge, which blows my mind. And honestly, there should be fines involved there for both teams because isn't that the definition of colluding? But that's neither here or there. Um, it doesn't sound like the Mets are going to go after him. Uh, they have their own issues with Jacob deGrom, and I'll get into that, but I'm going to start off with Judge here. Look, he's going to end up making at least 300 million dollars at least that's like the minimum and I don't even it's going to be more than that and I don't find it impossible that the Giants go nuts and offer them you know an eight-year three I don't know three forty three fifty deal that's insane so let's see eight-year three forty what is that excuse me god damn my throat gets super dry man Three forty a that. That's forty two and a half million dollars a year. Forty two and a half million a year. That would be the highest um, salary by a position player ever, and I don't find that to be impossible. Now, what I think the initial offer should be. It's going to be forty million a year. That's 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 really the gist of it. So. I think the Yankees should offer him 8 for 320. That's my that would be my first offer to Judge. That's 40 million a year. That's the high that's still the highest paid position player in baseball. Um, that's more than Trout. That's an 8-year deal. I I'm willing to eat at least two years of that. Yeah, cuz the last two years of that deal probably isn't going to be great considering he's already 30 and he's 6'8", 280 playing right field. Yeah, you know, I've never seen that body type last that long in the majors. We'll see, though. You never know. But regardless, I think that should be the offer. You offer him that. You, you name, you, you, you're going to name him ca- captain. They're going to have the press conference. They're going to have the whole deal. He'll, he'll be the next captain. You keep the judge's chambers, all that stuff. Judge has an opportunity to win every single year not that he wouldn't in San Francisco but San Francisco would be paying him they'd probably have a chance to win that year but you got to think about it you're going to a division where you got Juan Soto, Manny Machado and that pitching staff in San Diego and you have the Dodgers and need I go through the Dodgers you, you just they're they're just the powerhouse of that league and they're all in the same division so On the flip side, you could tell me that the Giants won that division last year. So, you know, with 107 wins. (laughs) Without Aaron Judge. So you can argue that to me. But I don't think it'll be every year like it would be with the Yankees. The Yankees, I mean, haven't had a losing record in 30 years. They've missed the postseason twice. So while all us Yankees fans are all hot and bothered, and we are about not making the World Series, we're in the playoffs every single year um so that's a selling point too whether you believe it or not i think he would sign that contract eight years 320 i think he would sign that and i think they need to do it now because there's more questions about this team that need to be answered and we can go into all of that but judge is the mainstay he needs to be signed and it needs to happen soon and the reason i like you don't want the Giants to come in with their fucking Buku offer of ten years, four hundred million. Cause if that happens, I have a hard time believing he's not gonna accept that offer. You know, at the end of that contract, he'd be forty. He'd probably be retired two years prior to that. I mean, let's just be real. And if he's not, he's a bench DH. Not even a DH. He's probably pinch hitting. He's Albert Pujols. You know what I mean? I don't know. But if that if, the way the Giants are talking it sounds like they're going to do some crazy shit like that. He's not going to go to Chicago cuz Chicago's not going to be in the running to win ever, like for a while. The only reason I say Chicago, too, is because they have the money. Um like I said, the Mets the Mets aren't going to go after him. One, because they have their own issues they're dealing with, and two, apparently, I know I said this earlier, apparently Steve Cohen and Hal Steinbrenner have this gentleman's agreement. Like, they spoke or something. Like, I know I'm getting back into that, but like, like I said, that's that's collusion. I mean, every other league has, like, penalties and fines, and, like, people get suspended for shit like that. Lose draft picks. Miami Dolphins just lost draft picks for that with Tom Brady and shit. Like, the whole thing with Tom Brady. I mean, look, I'm a Yankee fan, but, like, don't both teams need to uh, get penalized for that? And Steve Cohen just coming out and saying that, like, it's no problem. I guess not. Maybe they don't have the rules. I don't know. I don't know that rule, that side of the rule book for the the MLB, but, excuse me. But, I don't know. That seems a little odd to me. Now, I'm not mad about it, because if Aaron Judge went to the Mets, I'd be sick to my stomach. But thankfully, that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So the Yankees need to do, try and get that done as soon as possible. Now, the Mets, like I said and have said, they have their own issues going on because DeGrom opted out, and he's now free agent. Free agent. Buster only from, I don't know, August on was talking, maybe even earlier than August, was talking how the Braves are going to offer him some crazy contract. Now, if I'm a Mets fan, i got to be honest with you, I wouldn't be too concerned about the Braves. There's a few reasons why. Why would the Braves, after doing what they have done with their roster and how they pretty much have every single young, great player on their roster locked up for the next six years at least... With all these fiscally responsible contracts, they're able to keep everybody locked in. That Braves team is going to be good for a long time. Why would that team pay forty plus million dollars a year? Because, by the way, that's what Degrom is going to want, considering that his own teammate Max Scherzer, who he's better than when healthy, is making forty-two a year. Now that's the Mets' own fault, and if I'm the Mets, well, back to the Braves. I had there's re that's the reason why I don't think they're going to do it. Why would after all these fiscally responsible moves? By the way, they have a rotation that's great, and you're going to sign a dude for forty plus million dollars a year who hasn't made thirty starts in three seasons? Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. They've won a World Series without him. Why would they need him? I don't know. That's just my thought process about the Braves. I don't I don't I find it very hard to believe they'll they'll go crazy on a contract like that. Now, if I'm the Mets, I don't know if I'm going to be too heartbroken if DeGrom leaves. And you got to understand it's because of the money. Now, yes, I understand that DeGrom healthy you know, with his stuff, he might be the greatest we've ever seen. Healthy. When is he healthy? His last season, healthy. He made like 31 starts. He won the Cy Young, and he was 11 and 12. <laughs> now, wins don't really matter as much anymore uh, for pitchers due to all these analytics. And really, that, that's not his fault because he would give up one run or two runs in those games and he would still get the loss. So I'm not blaming him for that, but even when he does pitch, you lose. And you're going to tie up now mm, around $90 million for two, pitch, two starting pitchers who, who neither of them can make 30 starts in a season. Uh I don't know if that's smart. And we're getting into the third year of, you know, Cohen's 5-year plan here. When he took over the Mets, he said he wants to win a championship within the first 5 years. Now, you need a lot more than just the the staff, and I think you could fill DeGram's shoes Quite easily, actually, with a more consistent pitcher, in terms of health, I'm not talking about, like, talent. DeGrom is the best pitcher in the league, and that's, I guess, where your conundrum is. And, as a Mets fan, I'm sure it would be hard to see him leave, considering he's been a forever Met. So, I understand all that. I feel that way about Judge, and you can argue the whole whole same thing, really, about Judge and the winning. You're not wrong. Especially in the playoffs, where he disappears. And I understand all that. The difference is, what if the Yankees lose Judge, they lose everything. You can't tell me a single person on that team, like that, is a huge difference maker like him, because they don't have one. So if the they lose all the marketability that comes with Judge and his talent, which you can't afford to lose, so it's he's worth the investment. Degrom. Makes 15 starts a year is great in all those starts. Yes, he get he got you the one win in the postseason, but you still went nowhere, and you lost the biggest series you had against Atlanta that you needed to win the division. Which, by the way, changes everything about your season. If you win that, if you win one, you win one game in that series, you're good. So I I don't know. I feel like. I, you know, I was listening to DiPietro and Rothenberg this morning, and they brought up Trey Turner and Rodone. I don't hate that. Because that gives you a bat. And a decent starting pitcher? You still have Scherzer. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm $90 million tied up to your to your two starting pitchers. That's a lot, man. And you need a lot more things to go right with this team. And let's not forget... You know, you eventually got to re-sign Pete. You eventually got to re-sign some other... McNeil's going to want to get paid. Like, I don't know, man. You got a lot of decisions to make. And I don't know if tying up $90 million in your two top-flight starters who don't make 30 starts a year is that smart to do. That's just my personal opinion. But we'll see what happens. I can understand the feeling, again, of not wanting him... Out of there, because again, he is the best pitcher in baseball when he's healthy. Um, it's just hard for me to give forty-two million dollars plus to a guy that's never healthy anymore. It's just hard for me to do that. Remember, that was a question with Judge too, but he's he's stifled those the last two seasons. He's been healthy and he's been a stud. So he's the, he, not and you know again, it makes me. I, I'm I'm re thinking this in my head, and I feel like it, I'm making it sound like he don't deserve the money. He does deserve the money, especially with what you gave Scherzer. He deserves that money more than Scherzer. He's better than Scherzer, but he's not healthy enough, and neither is Scherzer, so you really want to tie up $90 million to two pitchers that can't stay on the field for a full you know, 30 starts? I don't know if that's smart. All right. I didn't realize how long I was going to go with that um it's just a big deal man. Like I think that judge deal is a bigger deal though cuz the Yankees have nothing and that it just needs to it needs to get done. Oh boy. All right, I'm going to talk some Knicks right now. Veer off of the MLB free agency stuff and just tell you how aggravating it is to watch this Knicks team play basketball. And look, I'm. I'm not sitting here pretending like I'm some basketball superstar. Okay, but it's the game I probably know the most in terms of like the intricate things of the game, as far as like scheme and defensive adjustments and the offense, all that type of stuff. It's probably the one I know the most because I played it the most. I, you know, there was a point in time in my childhood where I was on three separate basketball teams at one time, and just, you know, I played a lot of basketball. And watching this Knicks team is the most frustrating experience I have watching basketball because, well, maybe not. Maybe watching the Lakers is frustrating, but, and I love LeBron, but it makes me laugh, though, because it kind of, you know, it kind of, they kind of deserve it. AD is a little pussy. Uh, Excuse me, I'm sorry, but he's, he, he, I shouldn't say he's a pussy. He deals with injuries, but, like, he's always injured, and he doesn't really fight through him or really do anything to help his body in that sense. LeBron's getting old. He's hurt. And they're 2-9. And, and Westbrook has actually been very good coming off the bench, and they're still 2-9 because they can't shoot. So they're funny to watch to me because they should be way better than 2-9. But um, they're not frustrating because I don't feel any type of way about them. And the Knicks are frustrating because I'm a Knicks fan, and, you know, you got games like <clears> – <throat> against minnesota who by the way minnesota's a good team minnesota's a really good team they haven't showed you know they haven't been up to snuff to start the year here like they've been very inconsistent but they got a lot of talent on that team and you go to minnesota and you pretty much wipe the floor with them now i don't know how many nights you're gonna get randall going nine for 16 making eight three-pointers um you're not gonna get that very often but You played well. Everybody did. Jalen Brunson played well. Like, that was an overall well-rounded game. You got 15 from top and off the bench. He's getting getting better with his three-point shooting, too. And defensively, you were really good. Now, Mitchell Robinson is hurt again. Surprise, surprise. You signed him to a deal, and now he gets hurt. All right, I'm kind of over Mitch. I really am. I'm over Mitch. This team's going to have to play small. Because Obi Toppin deserves to be on the floor. And Randall might have to play the 5. Which I don't fucking mind. Because that means he stops bringing the ball down. And this is what I'm talking about. When you know. This is the frustrating part. This team. As good as they looked against Minnesota. They come out against Brooklyn on Wednesday night. On national television. ESPN. And you can't hit the broadside of a fucking barn. With everything going on within the Brooklyn Nets organization right now, and everything that's happening with that team, you come out and lay an egg like that? You look so good against Minnesota, so sound defensively. You made really good plays offensively. You looked like the the ball wasn't sticking. Everything was moving around really well. Jalen Brunson was looking really good. He was facilitating the offense, and then on... On Wednesday night, it's just, here we go, spin cycle Julius, and, you know, we're kind of just throwing up craziness, Jalen Brunson made a couple crazy layups, but that, no one could make shit, RJ didn't look so good, you get blown out of the fucking building against the Nets, you were down 30 at one point, you lost by 27 KD goes off for a 28-point triple-double. Oh, sorry. It was it 28, 29-point triple-double? You, you can't hit your free throws. Oh, boy. Cam Reddish goes 0 for 7. RJ, RJ's, RJ's probably one of the bigger reasons I'm, I'm a little more frustrated about this team because while he's averaging, I think, like 19 a game right now, He's, a, he's also averaging like 30. Let me see. I'm going to get the actual numbers from him right now because the. I feel like he shoots like he's an all-star, but he doesn't have the efficiency of an all-star. This guy shoots the ball. Let's see. Yeah, he's averaging 19.3 a game, 5 5.8 rebounds, 2.9 assists, which is not enough. He needs more assists. Um. What's his shooting percentage? I need to see his shooting percentage. He is shooting forty-two and a half percent. All right, that's not that's not great, but that's not you know horrendous either. I guess he needs to be shooting a little bit better than that. But I feel like every time I see him play, he's he's throwing up twenty shots in a game and shit. And I don't know. He's, it, he needs to drive the ball more because he's not consistent enough from the three-point line, and he lives on that three-point line. He's a stud defensively, but the thing that gets me about this team is, like, again, you go from Minnesota where you look so sound all over the place and then you go play Brooklyn, who's supposed to be your rival, and with everything going on there, you don't show up. You got Jalen Brunson after that game talking about how you didn't play with hundred and ten percent effort, and you know they played harder than you, and that's why you lost. And that you can't live with those losses because, I mean, come on, man. I listened to that initially and was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, you get paid so much money. All, all you should be. You should be jumping over the stands, saving balls every fucking play. Every play. Effort shouldn't be a problem when you're a professional athlete. The, the amount of work that you have to go through just to get to where you're at. you, you And you you come out and you talk about how you're not t- you know, playing 100%. You're, t- you're taking the game for granted and that shit bothers the fuck out of me. It really does. It really fucking does, because when you don't take it seriously, it shows. You looked horrible. The Knicks. I mean, the Knicks are what they are, man. They're gonna they're gonna beat bad, bad, bad teams, and they're gonna lose to decent teams. They're gonna be a ten seed at best. Nine, maybe. There's nothing going on with this team. They don't have the superstar, and they're too inconsistent. After listening to Brunson after the game a few times, a part of me is glad he said it, because someone has to say it. And you know, again, I listened to DPH on Rothenberg, and his bold prediction is that Thibodeau is out by March 1st, and I can't—I could can see it might be happening before then. If they're not showing effort on the floor, I mean, that's the coach's job. And by the way, Jalen Brunson, the point guard, is the extension of the coach. So if he's coming out and saying that post game, you know the fucking coach is thinking that. I don't know, man. I just don't know how you don't go out and play hard, especially against the Nets. And that's a, the, the net. They beat you eight straight times now. I mean, come on. It's embarrassing. The Knicks are embarrassing. Again, they are what they are, 500 basketball team, they're not going to, they're not going to, you know, go nuts, they're just not, they're not, they're not that team, they have nights from Julius Randle where he goes off from the three point line and that's really kind of what propelled them over the Timberwolves, although they look, they were in control of that whole game and then they have nights against Brooklyn, uh, it's so fucking frustrating to watch that shit. I, I could, like I said, I could live with you, like, taking good shots and missing, you know, good shots and, like, you know, as long as you're fucking, you could tell their by their body language they didn't want to be there. It's fucking annoying. It's annoying. But, um, yeah, so the Knicks just infuriate the hell out of me. Rangers got a big win last night. uh, Eight to two win. I, I've been beat. Shit, even my girlfriend was telling me yesterday, like, oh, you look like you got punched in the face. I didn't get punched in the face, guys. I've just, you know, my sleep schedule's been all over the fucking place. But, uh, so, dude, I I turned the game on on my phone while I was laying in bed. That game started at (laughs) 7. And I turned the game on. I got through the first maybe 7 minutes of the game, and I passed the hell out. And you know what? I'm kind of thankful I did because now I'm starting to think if I don't watch this team, they're just going to go off on a... On, like, crazy. They won the game 8-2, to had six goals in the third period. And the last time I was watching them, they gave up three goals in the third period to lose against the Islanders. So, you know, I feel like ever since I, you know, now, now that I fell asleep last night during the game and they did what they did, I might have to take a break. I don't know, man. Nah. Nah, I'm still going to watch my team. But, yeah man, big win. I can't talk about it much because I did fall asleep and I haven't watched it. I should watch it, but I haven't watched it, so um but big win. They needed it. Oh yeah, they one thing I did wanna mention, after that game against the Islanders the other day, apparently the dads, all the dads of the players on the Rangers took like took them on some like trip or something. And how much you wanna bet? Those dads just lit into them. And then they come out and win a game 8-2 against the Red Wings. (laughs) It's not out of the realm of possibility. In fact, I think that's exactly what happened. So, thank you to the Ranger Fathers. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, I'm going to make some picks. I haven't been on the Cover 5 app yet, so I don't know the spreads yet. So, I'll be looking at this for the first time. Just like you guys. How about the freaking Carolina Panthers last night coming out with a win against Atlanta? That surprised the shit out of me. Uh, They don't... That division is crazy to me. I mean, what team is going to want to show up consistently? Does a team team in that division win that division with a losing record? I think so. I think eight wins. I think eight wins is going to win that division. That's my opinion. Ugh. All right, so let's see what we got here. So you had Atlanta as three-point favorites against Carolina at Carolina, which is crazy. But Carolina won that game. So if you pick them, good on you. All right, let's run through them. We got Tampa that are two-and-a-half-point favorites against Seattle, and it's at Tampa. Mm. Oh, no, that's the Germany game. Duh. So that's a neutral field. Okay, the Germany game, Tampa, that's a big game. I think I'm staying away from that. I think Seattle might win that game. But who knows, after Tampa's comeback win against L.A. last week, and how they looked on the last drive, even though the Rams played horrible defense on that last drive, and I think it was more of that than Tom Brady's quote-unquote magic, comeback magic, whatever you want to call it. Although he did look good on that last drive, and maybe you might have found a Gronk replacement in Otten. But, which, by the way, if you don't have him on your fantasy team, I highly recommend going to pick him up because I think he's going to be a big threat in this offense coming down the stretch here. But anyway, uh, I think I still like Seattle to win that game. I'm not picking that, though. Not messing with the spreads on that game. You got Tennessee, three-point favorites against Denver at Tennessee everything points to Tennessee in this game Um, the three-point favorite kind of I don't know I feel like Tennessee has a much better team than Denver Uh, Tannehill should be back for this game he he was a full participant in practice this week so he should be he should be ready to go I think I'm gonna pick Tennessee their favorite yes but Minus the three, I feel confident they win that game easy. Because Denver still hasn't proven anything to me. Um, You got Miami four-point favorites at home against Cleveland. Um, The way Miami's offense has has been playing, I kind of like them there too. But, I don't know. The Cleveland defense can get to uh, Tua and That's always in the back of your mind with Tua and him getting hit. I don't know. I'm going to stay away from that game. Although, I think Miami wins that game. Sorry, I got a little stuffed up at the end here. New Orleans at Pittsburgh. New Orleans a a two-and-a-half point favorite at Pittsburgh. Oh, I'm going Pittsburgh there. Pittsburgh's home, and New Orleans a favorite by two-and-a-half. I think Pittsburgh wins that game outright. Going Pitt. Going Pitt. That's one of my other picks. Chicago and Detroit, Chicago's three-point favorites at home. Huh. This is an interesting game because while Detroit's offense hasn't looked like they had in the first couple weeks, Chicago's offense looks completely different than they looked the first few weeks. And they're three-point favorites at home against Detroit. Chicago's defense is horrendous, though. (sighs) Hmm. And the last thing I need is Detroit to, to go into the Giant game on a two-game win streak. That I don't need that. Uh, I'm staying away from this one. I think Detroit might win that game, though. I have a feeling that they might win that game. All right. Next game. I'm not, I'm not touching that Detroit game. We got Buffalo at Buffalo against Minnesota. Buffalo's a six-and-a-half-point favorite and I'm not sure about what Josh Allen you're going to get in this game, so for that sole reason, I'm staying away. Um, The Giants are six-and-a-half point favorites at home against Houston, and guess what? I'm taking that. I'm picking the home team, my team, picking the Giants, cover the six-and-a-half. I think they win this game easily. I think they should win this game easily. Covering the six-and-a-half, picking the Giants. You got Kansas City, nine and a half point favorites against Jacksonville at home. Um, Kansas City is at home. Uh, I'm staying away from that game. That's a big number. I like Jacksonville, but I don't think they're going to win that game. I'm just going to stay away from that. I don't like how big that number is. You got the Vegas Raiders at home against Indy, six and a half point favorites. I'm going to take that because Indy doesn't know. I don't know what the hell is going on in Indy right now. Interested to see what Jeff Saturday looks like as a, as a head coach and see how they do, but going to go with the Raiders on that one. Six and a half, I think they cover that. You got Dallas five-point favorites at Green Bay, and you know what? Babe, babe, if you listen to this, I'm taking your Green Bay Packers. I hate Dallas. I just want st- to – I think Green Bay will cover the number. I think Green Bay will figure it out. Come on, Aaron Rodgers. I'm rooting for you this week. Can you just figure it out for one fucking week, please, and beat Dallas? Please, we need you to beat Dallas. Please. All right. How many is that? One, two, three, four. I've made four. I still got to make two more. I mean, I got to make one more, and there's three games left on this little skit here. And we got the Rams against the Cardinals. I don't know if anybody has watched the first Hard Knocks midseason With the Cardinals, I'm very interested to see that considering how dysfunctional they look. But they're playing the Rams, three-point favorites. Um, The Rams are three-point favorites at home against the Cardinals. Uh, I'm good. That division as a whole, I just want to stay away from. Um, Arizona is horrendous. So are the Rams. Just want to stay away from that game. You got San Francisco against the Chargers at home. San Francisco's at home. And they're seven-point favorites. That's a touchdown. I'm going to take that. Christian McCaffrey looks like he's going to be a star for that team. And, wait, did I make all the picks? Oh, no, I did make all the picks already. I t- okay, so I got Green Bay um, covering the five. I got, well, plus the five. Green Bay plus the five. I have them winning that game, so that's why I'm picking but Green Bay, I got Vegas minus the six and a half. Got the Giants minus the six and a half. I got Pitt plus the two and a half. And I got Tennessee minus three. Those are my picks. San Francisco, I would go with, though, if you're if you're bet, trying to bet another one. San Francisco, I would go with that if the spread is seven. And then you got the Philly-Washington game Monday night. Philly's ten and a half point favorites. I think Washington covers that number, but I do think Philly stays undefeated. All righty. Well, I'm going to end it on that. I didn't realize I'm over an hour already. I appreciate y'all listening. Shout out to all the boys listening. Appreciate you guys. Ferg, I'm going to shout you out one more time. I've been teasing this shit for too long. Me and you have to figure this shit out this week. um, And I'll get in touch with you and we'll see what happens. But, all right. Again, thank you for everybody for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at winner, W-Y-N-N-E-R. 1023 on Twitter. And yeah, let's go Giants, let's go Rangers. Knicks, you guys suck, but I guess let's go Knicks as well. And please, Yankees resign Aaron Judge. Please, 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 please. Needs to happen before the next episode. All right, everybody. Peace out. I'm out. Bye.